So Money, episode 286, Elias Weiss Friedman, the doggest. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Well, ahead of introducing today's wonderful guest, I have to quickly share with you the charity fundraiser and competition that's going to be going on all month here at So Money, the entire month of November, in tandem with a charity fundraiser forward slash competition going on with Joe Saul Sihai's podcast, Stacking Benjamins. And to tell us all about that, I brought on Joe. And Joe, here you go. What, take the mic. You, you invited me onto this little fundraiser of yours, and I'm I'm excited, but also a little nervous. Farnish, I'm way excited that we're doing this together. You know, uh, we can raise a bunch of money for charity. And I love this at the end of the year with Thanksgiving. For people in the United States, we end the month of November with uh, Thanksgiving. And I thought, what a great way for our community to help another community that might need it. So we are going to be raising money for the Texas 4000, which is a 4,000 mile bike ride that University of Texas students take to raise money for cancer research and, and cancer-related causes. Uh, I know that they give a lot of money to MD Anderson Hospital, one of the premier uh, cancer treatment clinics in the United States in Houston, Texas. And then they also give it to worthwhile uh, research facilities around the nation. So we're going to be raising money at, at, at stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Texas 4000. And it's cool because our organization, Farnoosh, has a lot in terms of where the money goes, a lot in common with who you're raising money yes. for. Talk about that for a minute. Well, thank you. That was a nice transition. So I have chosen, our team here at So Money has chosen the largest student-run philanthropy in the world, near and dear to my heart as well, because I was a part of this when I was in college. It's the Penn State IFC Panhellenic Dance Marathon. It's affectionately known as THON, and it's a year-long effort to raise money and awareness for the fight against pediatric cancers. It's raised over $125 million for the Four Diamonds Fund at Penn State Hershey Children's Hospital. And next year's THON 2016 is what we are fundraising for now. And that will be taking place February 19th through the 21st. It's a 46-hour dance marathon. I did it and I survived. It was uh, life-altering. But of course, it's for an amazing, tremendous and important cause. Thon.org forward slash so money. Thon.org forward slash so money is where you can go to contribute. I know it's high season for canning and this is a way to join in on the fun. Anything you can do, know that it will be well spent. Over 95% of funds go to the families. That's so great. And the rider that we're riding for, uh, who's riding in the Texas 4000, her name is Shelby Schreiber. Her father was a single dad raising her Farnoosh. And when she was in high school, he started feeling bad, went to the doctor. It turned out he had terminal cancer and he passed away when she was just in high school. Hmm. So here she is without a dad. And now she decided she's going to ride this 4,000 mile bike ride in honor of him. And they spend no money on the bike ride. Uh, All the food along the way, all the housing along the way is donated. So I love these organizations, but stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Texas four zero zero zero. And, and I hope together we can raise a lot of money. I think we will. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. 
All right, now on to today's guest. If you're a dog lover, this show is for you, including my husband, Tim, who has been begging me, please, can we get a dog? And he is uh, converting our son as well, making sure that he is very comfortable around dogs. Every dog we see out in New York City, make sure to stop, pet, say hello. Evan's getting very used to the idea of having a dog as a friend. So I think I'm getting outnumbered. It's going to happen soon for us and I'll keep you guys posted. But in the meantime, today, a show dedicated to dogs out there and dog owners, dog lovers. Elias Weiss Friedman is the star or cameraman, I should say, behind the insanely popular blog and Instagram account, maybe you're following him, The Doggist. It shares daily portraits of adorable dogs out and about on the streets to over 1 million followers. It's become such a hit since first launching in 2013 that the idea also translated into a new book. It came out just a few weeks ago. It's called The Doggist, Photographic Encounters with 1,000 Dogs. After graduating from Boston University in 2010, Elias moved to New York City where he worked at a major brand strategy agency for two years until... Dun, dun, done. He was laid off. Hey, it's a good thing. During this time, he was inspired to be involved in a business venture that was more creative and authentic. So he decided to combine his two passions once and for all, dogs and photography. And from there, the rest is history. And of course, I have him walk me through the steps. Things don't just manifest. You go after them. And so some takeaways from my interview today include making a great living as a photographer, how to really differentiate yourself, the power of Instagram and how it can actually build your business. As I mentioned, Elias has over a million followers, but he started with just zero. And why dogs? I mean, I know they're cute, but why not cats? Why not babies? Here is Elias Weiss Friedman, the doggist. Elias Friedman, welcome to So Money, the doggist. My first photographer on the show. Very excited to have you. Welcome. I'm excited to be here. Now, Elias, we're going to talk about all the exciting things that are happening for you this month, namely your new book, The Doggist, which is coming out uh, this month, Photographic Encounters with 1,000 Dogs. We are big fans of your work at the So Money headquarters. My assistant, in fact, Sophia, came to me and said, we got to interview Elias. <laughs> um at her previous job, her whole team would follow you on Instagram, where you've got now over a million followers. So let's, I'd love to start. There's so many questions that I have, but I think my first question is photography. How did you know this was the path you wanted to take? I understand this wasn't necessarily a main focus for you growing up. It was really just a hobby. So mm-hmm. at what point did you know that I want to do this and why? Yeah. Well, you know, I, it was not until recently that I, that I knew that this was the path that I wanted to take. You know, I grew up uh, with a dark room in the house and it was always a hobby. My dad did it. Um, so it was always, you know, noodling around with cameras, but I didn't see myself, you know, I come from a family of physicians and didn't see myself becoming sort of, you know, an artist or a struggling artist. I wanted to do something, you know, at least on top of mine was more conventional. Um, but uh, I moved to New York after school and didn't really know what I wanted to do. I started uh, working at a brand strategy agency. And after two years, you know, I learned a ton about, you know, marketing and how to create a brand. Um, but after two years, I was let go as part of a big layoff. So I had this opportunity to sort of get back into that mindset of like, well, now um, I can explore some of this latent, latent potential that I've been building up 
you know, throughout my entire life. So that was, that was kind of key is that, is that opportunity. And I think also what's key is knowing how to market and how to brand yourself as any creative artist out there, whether you're a photographer, musician, painter, uh, yep. there's the craft and then there's the business. Can you That's talk right. a little bit about what the elements are to a successful business, how to brand yourself properly? I think a lot of our listeners who have passions that are in the creative space would want to know, how do I actually make this a sure, viable sure. business? Yeah. Um so let's see, after uh, I was, uh, I finished at Siegel and Gale, this, this brand strategy agency, I got involved with my buddies in the startup world. Uh, and they sort of had a very um, good understanding of how to create a platform through which to um, do artistic things, I think. And I didn't understand that going in. Uh, so, you know, besides uh, having a brand, and, and that was something I learned to do, you know, have something simple, tell a story. Um, you know, change things slowly. Don't, don't do anything too radical. Um, but you know, how do I take something I love to do photography and do it in a way that's successful and that people can access? I think a lot of people just focus on the photography and not the, the way to, to spread the word about what you're doing. Right. And you've chosen Instagram as your vehicle, over a million followers. Interestingly, you're only following three people. Quite the ratio. All, right. Well, it all sort of started on a couch um, <laughs> uh, a year and a half ago. And, uh, you know, it was Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. And it's been, you know, I posted the same thing to each of those platforms at the same time. Now, Instagram well, is the focus because that's where people are, are paying most attention nowadays um and yes i do follow uh very few people just because you know i, I don't uh i follow myself i follow my the caddis who uh, i'm also the caddis by the way oh okay i um, didn't know that the caddis so the caddis, yeah. <laughs> you're expanding your animal kingdom i like I'm, it i'm uh you know sort of i i, I come across cats sometimes and i'm covering my bases mm. they're, they're harder to photograph but they're beautiful um, and <laughs> they then, probably don't want their photograph taken i can only imagine they don't they don't look at you like dogs <laughs> um, and uh barking at dogs was actually a project i started doing before the doggist which were interviews with dogs on world news and topical issues <laughs> um so access is important as you say as an artist finding your way to get people to find you that's key that's obviously right. How, talk about the importance of having a focus too you've chosen dogs and sometimes cats uh mm -hmm. Why did you know this was going to be successful? Why did you lean towards this? And then speak a little generally about the importance of having uh, a, a niche when you are um, when you are a creative person. Yes. Um, well, I, I knew that you know uh, dogs were wildly popular. They've always been in art in some form, and uh, nowadays you know you see them everywhere. Um, and I think that's largely because there's so much humanness in them, whether it's their, their eye contact or their emotions. Um, and so there's this incredible story, right? You know, the, you know, these dogs, I was, you know, I didn't have a dog and I saw all these beautiful dogs walking around New York and I think, you know, I want to know more about this. This is kind of a problem that we, that a lot of people share. I say, Oh, what is that? Oh, what is he? What's his name? And I, I saw that as an opportunity to tell their story and be a, you know, a, a documentarian or documentarian. 
Well, it's not a surprise too, because when you think of what does well on YouTube, mm -hmm. people obsess over cat videos, dog videos, baby right. videos. Right. Maybe you should be the babyest. That should be the next one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I right. would follow that. I might, yeah. I'm not sure if I could get away with that. Might... Right. I think some parents wouldn't want their babies yeah. photographed again. It's a little bit different. Talk about your book, The Doggist. Congratulations. Not yeah. every photographer gets to get a book deal. Um, and yours has some 1,000 uh, photographs. Was it difficult picking out which photographs to use for the, uh, for the book? Uh, yes. Um, let's see. I've, I've, uh, I've published about 3000 pictures online. And so that means that I've probably taken about, uh, you know, seven to 10,000 pictures of dogs, 7,000 dogs, let's say. So we sort of, uh, I picked sort of some of my favorites, which was about 2000. And then we had to decide which fit into the flow of our book. And um, it was a lot, it was a fun process, but it was also a little bit, you know, like, you know, how do we uh, make everyone happy? <laughs> right, right. Um, how do you know when a photo is a good photo or the right photo to post? Yes. Um, well, you know, I think in any photograph, you're, you're taking uh, something that's sort of ordinary and you're making it seem dramatic. So, you know, these are dogs looking for a place to pee on the side of the road, and that's pretty ordinary. <laughs> and uh, what I do is is make it seem like there's more going on. Like, they, 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 they know that they're having their photo taken, that they're posing. Um, so that's sort of what I look for is that sort of that moment with a dog with usually it's eye contact um, where it feels like there's a lot more going on in the photo than just a dog going for a pee. Yeah. Well, on that note, um, let's transition to some money questions, uh, sure. kind of unrelated, but as an artist, as somebody who is entrepreneurial, living in New York City now, curious to hear your perspectives on money, starting with your financial philosophy. Do you have one? And if you do, what is it? Yeah, um, uh, what I said before is you have to risk it to get the biscuit. Uh, <laughs> like you, you have to. Um, allow yourself to, I guess, not make money as an entrepreneur in order to invest in whatever you're passionate about. And then if you're, if you do it the right way, then there, there will be opportunities for you to make money. Can you give us an example of that in your personal life? Uh, I mean, simply, you know, at, at the beginning of the blog, the first um, eight months or so, you know, I was spending my own sort of savings and being very, very lean and, you know, I'm still pretty lean, but, um, you know, just, uh, focusing on, on your product and, um, keeping your costs low. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess what you do, there's not a lot of overhead. You have your camera. That's right. And everything's digital now. So you don't even have to have you know, a dark right. room or anything. Right. So yeah. Set, setting out, you know, my, my goal was to sort of be the, the definitive dog photographer. I wanted to be become a master, if you will. And I wasn't focused on, uh, you know, how is this going to make money? And I'm sure my parents were asked me that a few times, you know, well, blah, blah, blah. But that's not really the question. I knew that um, if I had something to offer, then people would pay for that eventually. It's kind of interesting that there, I mean, there must be other photographers out there that focus on dogs. And I'm sure you know who they are because you uh, want to stay competitive. Right. How do you differentiate yourself? What are you doing that the others are not? Um, 
well, the traditional photographers, you know, they, they, uh, they do studio sessions and they charge money for that and they, they have clients. And what I do is find my clients and sort of, sort of work for free, if you will, uh, in, in just being a documentarian. And I walk around and I don't, I don't wait for business to come to me. I, um, I go find interesting subjects and, and share that with a community of people. And so, so now, you know, I've been able to sort of, uh, now that I have people in a, in a room and, and an audience, I can, um, find ways to, uh, market to them and, and in organic ways. And, you know, the book is, is probably the best way to do that. Absolutely. A book can be a great vehicle. Who knows? I mean, what's exciting is we don't know what's on the other side of this book. Uh, you can kind of guess what might happen, you know, more publicity, maybe another book deal. But uh, I, I predict lots of, you know, partnerships for you. And just right. um, that's really exciting. Congratulations yeah. again. Risk it to get the biscuit. <laughs> I'm so going to use that. I'm going to tweet that today. Yeah. Um what about growing up, Elias? What would you say was your greatest money memory growing up that has now as an adult been a transformative? You look back and you're like, that was pretty transformative. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had a few businesses growing up. Uh, I did a um, one of those like airbrush tattoo things for, for parties and like bar mitzvahs growing up. And uh, that was one way of making money. And um, I don't know, I had a few jobs. but I think this experience has been, um, you know, unique in itself and, and changed the way I think about making money. How much did you make when you were doing that? Uh, I was <laughs> charging like 150 an hour, actually. What? Yeah. Because, you know, you have these parties and, these, and people are spending, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. So, and, and uh, you know, the, the other guy was just some stranger and I was sort of a family friend or I was a you know, young guy. So they wanted to support me. So yeah, I had, a, <laughs> I had a, a little business going. I, um, I, I had an assistant who I paid $20. How, how old were you? Uh, you know, 15. Oh my God. You had an assistant charging 150 an hour. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I invested in a, you know, a little system of airbrushing. Tattoos. What, uh, what did you do with the money? Uh, I don't know. I, I, yeah. it, wasn't, it was, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Oh I man. Just, I spent it. <laughs> that's a, that's a nice little business. It's a very nice business. Even if you were doing that today. Um, yes. Were your parents entrepreneurial? Like what, where was the influence to just be um, very enterprising? Yes, I would say so. Um, my mother, she's a physician, but she also runs, um, one of the largest nonprofits, breastcancer.org. Um, which is, you know, source for breast cancer information, not to plug her or anything, but, um, she is all, she's a hustler and, uh, she, she is, you know, knows how to make connections with people. And, um, you know, she, she just had that, that drive in her. And my father is a little more conservative and he's more of the artistic introvert type. And I'm sort of a hybrid of the two. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. What would you say is a failure that you experienced, a financial failure on your journey to becoming the doggest? <laughs> um, hmm. Well, I, w- I don't know if I think of them as failures. Would I do it? Would I do something? Would I spend the same money again? Maybe not. Uh, you know, I, I spent a lot of money on um, clothing, I think. <laughs> you know, like maybe I need these shoes to do this. No, I don't. 
the shoes I have are, are great. Mm-hmm. Um, do I need this lens? Uh, maybe not. <laughs> you know, there, there's a, there's a, uh, you learn something from your mistakes. So I don't see them as sort of failures, see them as, uh, as mistakes. <laughs> right, right. Lessons learned. That's right. So how do you weigh the, like, how do you decide whether something is quote unquote worth it? If you really um, need those sneakers, you got to get that lens. Do you have like a, a method? Um, I'd say if it, if it makes, uh, you know, in a functional way, if it makes your day better, uh, with the, with the, you know, the camera stuff, you have to think of it artistically, you know, is this something that's going to change, um, my business? Is it, is it going to allow me to do something I couldn't do yesterday? I got, you know, a, um, a fisheye lens. And that sort of like opened this whole other type of image that I'd never seen before, never gotten before. And that people loved, you know, it's dogs with wide angle lenses, right? It's like so goofy and ridiculous. And, uh, just injecting that sort of, um, that experience into my work was a, a, a fun thing to do. And I, I, it's nice to mix up the formal with the, ridiculous. <laughs> What's the most popular dog that you photograph that often gets the most likes on Instagram? Um, it's usually the classics. Um, Lab. The labs, Goldens, uh, and then of course puppies. Puppies, yeah. Can't go wrong with puppies. Um, <laughs> and I, and I They're so money, puppies. They are so money. <laughs> uh, and I, you know, walking down the street, I, I, you know, admittedly look at them, look at some of these dogs as like, oh, that's a good one right there. People, <laughs> you just people are going to love that's that. That's kind of a dog sound. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, my husband is going to um, really be excited to hear this interview because he grew up with a lot of dogs. And when we started dating, I was not a dog fan. I didn't know. I, I knew like what a Labrador looked like and that's about it. And yeah. now I can tell you what a boxer looks like and I can tell you what um, a pit bull looks like. And, yeah. and so – um, I, I've come a long way, and now to be interviewing you, um, I'm going to get some gold stars at home. So uh, right. thanks for doing this with me, and making me really cool in the eyes of my husband. Well, um, I, I have a lot to learn myself. Too, so. <laughs> what would you say is your number one so money moment? I would say you've already named a couple. One is your book deal. The other is uh, when you were 15 and running that um, that very lucrative uh, tattoo art. Well, I guess it was a removable tattoo or Yeah, it was just, you know, you know, you could you could rub it off with Rub it off, yeah. So $150 an hour, exceptional. What would you say is your so money moment? A time in your life where you really experienced financial awesomeness? What happened? What did you do? How did you celebrate? Um you know, I haven't thought about this in a while, but you know, it comes what comes to mind was early on in this project, um I, I was shooting and I hadn't, I set up a PayPal account and I didn't, the balance was zero. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I went out and I photographed some guy's dog and, you know, I had this thing on my website that said, blah, 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 you know, donations help support this project. And, uh, the guy emails me and I, and I sent him a picture and I, of his dog that didn't make the cut, unfortunately. Um, and then next thing I know, I get my first 20 bucks. Um, from him in a form of a donation to my project. And I was like, that, like, I'm making money. <laughs> Even though it was, you know, it was not very much money. It was just like this moment where, like, okay, I'm, 
in business a little bit. <laughs> so you made 20 bucks and that was your so money moment? I think so. That was, <laughs> that has, that's a first on this show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I've, uh, I've made more than 20 bucks, um, since then. You know, I've started working, um, with, you know, big, big dog brands and creating these partnerships. And that's becoming, uh, you know, more lucrative as, um, as my, my project develops. Um, but it, it all starts somewhere and that sort of, um, that moment for me was this moment where I was like, all right, I'm not entirely wasting my time chasing dogs around the city. <laughs> right. They're, they're, I feel like I'm onto something. I feel like, yeah, like this could work if I keep going. And that was just two years ago. Yeah, not even. Not I, even. Know, it was October 2013, 2013 was the... Wow. And now, book. yeah, so now it's October. We're airing this in October. Your book's coming out. That's pretty inspiring to know that within two years, you could have so much success by making sure that you're giving your art the proper access, the the consistency to it. You're posting you know, thousands of photographs and that you have a focus that, That's right. that no one really um, is really, really focusing on as you are. What would you say is your number one money habit? Number one money habit. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a gearhead, so I like um, toy, you know, toys, cameras, and devices, and ways to make my 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 art easier. I guess you know. So, I, I, mm-hmm. you make you invest in making your art easier. Yeah, you know, I have like five different. Um, versions of of knee pads that I've gone through. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't think so, but that's right. This one's better than that one for this reason. Different types of, uh, you know, it just, uh, I I like to uh, optimize my experience. So like these pants um, bend with me a little more when I'm on the ground with the dogs or they resist uh, toenail scratches from dogs or dirt from the ground. Um, And these shoes I can wear all day and the you know the toe rand that's like the piece of rubber doesn't get messed up because I'm I'm dragging it. These are sort of little nuances of being a photographer um, that sort of gets me excited in a weird in a funny way. <laughs> no, it, I mean it's so interesting to hear this. Cause we I don't think any of us really know the behind the scenes of what it means to be a, a dog photographer. You're right, knee pads, comfortable shoes, really yeah. important. Okay. Uh, Elias, are you ready for some so money fill in the blanks? This is the part of the show where I start off a sentence and you finish it. First thing that comes to your mind. Sure. Okay. If I won the lottery tomorrow, say a hundred million dollars, <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I would do is, uh, book a flight to Peru. Why Peru? Um, cause I've never been there and I think it'd be an interesting from a personal and dog perspective. Yeah. Uh, you could go see Machu Picchu. Sure. Yeah. I, I thought I would want to do that on my honeymoon. And then I, I asked around and people were like, only if you want to get divorced because it's quite the, 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 the trek. Yeah. And I mean, it yeah. tests all relationships. <laughs> right. 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 No, I, th- I think the answer is basically just, you know, travel. Travel. Like- yeah. Uh, one thing that I spend on that makes my life easier or better besides knee pads, <laughs> um, you know, good, good food. I think that's what I do in New York is, you know, I have to, uh, balance my, my, my job with my personal life. So it's important to keep your friends close and, and share meals with them. Yes. You know, for as often as I hear this, that, from New Yorkers, food is my number one splurge. It's my number one expense. 
then to hear that, you know, so many restaurants fail every week here. I know, it's risky. You would think that there would be a, a simpler model. <laughs> Just open up anything that sells food and you will make money. Well, it's, uh, it's what it's the what's around the food. Exactly. It's the experience. Yeah. Uh, well, what is your number one splurge? You know, food is something that you spend on that makes your life easier, better, enriching. What would you say is your biggest splurge? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty frugal. I have, uh, you know, I, I would say whatever it is that you're into, get the best of it. You know, I, um, whether it's, uh, your instruments, your, your musical instruments, your, your computers, your, your chair. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, um, cut themselves short because they aren't willing to fully invest in their, in their things. So, you know, like, how do I, um, how do I get pictures like you? And they have, you know, this, the kit lens that they walked out of the store with. And that's fine. And you can create art with that, but, but you have to do a lot of research and understand why something, some things are, better than the others. Right. Especially if it has to do with your career, your livelihood, your That's happiness. Right. Give yourself the best shot to mm-hmm. succeed. Give your another another pun. Give yourself a best shot the best That's, shot. That's right. Uh, I didn't even think <laughs> You're that. full of um <laughs> of gems here on money gems on, on uh, so money. Uh one thing I wish I had known about money growing up. Your parents were very inspiring to you, entrepreneurial in many ways. But what would you say is one thing that was lacking that didn't uh, occur to you until much later when it came to managing your money? Um, money is very easy to spend. It's like the easiest thing is to spend money. The hardest part is, is uh, figuring out what to do with the things you bought. Um, you know, I, sort of, I, I grew up in a you know relatively... Uh, affluent household and sort of <coughs> I, I uh, the, the, the object wasn't money it was um, activities what could I do so now that I'm sort of on my own and making my own money I real, I'm realizing like if I, I I need this money to do things that um, all these other things that I took for granted so uh, don't spend your money. <laughs> Keep Too it much. close. Keep it close. Yeah. Spend the things that that you that are important, but don't. Yeah, not, it's different when you're not spending mom and dad's money. That's right. Or you're making when you're not making hundred fifty dollars an hour at bar mitzvahs. Right. <laughs> um, and then uh, when I donate money, I like to give to blank because. Um, I guess I'd say you know the, the shelters that I work with, um, you know. Going forward, I think now that I can uh, sustain myself um, as an artist through through various means, um, that you know, so much of what I do involves uh, these shelters, the subjects on the street that I meet. A lot of them are there because of shelter work. So supporting that cause and continuing to visit um, these shelters and donating my time. Uh, is, is going to be an important facet of my, of the doggest going mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. I like that a lot. Okay. And last but not least, Elias, I'm so money because. Because my, my dog photos are inspiring. <laughs> yeah. And they are making you a living. Congratulations right. on following your passion and profiting 
Your book, The Doggest, is out this month, Photographic Encounters with 1,000 Dogs. We will be checking that out. And please follow The Doggest on Instagram. It will put a smile on your face, no matter how you're feeling, no matter how your day is going. It's it's sure to be a nice little pick-me-up, and it's free. So, Elias, thank you so much for your great work and being on the show. Thank you. You, you guys, too. You, too. Take care. And that is a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Elias, visit his website, thedoggist.com. He's also on Instagram and Twitter at thedoggist. All this information back at somoneypodcast.com where you can also grab the transcript and comments from this and all episodes. And I want to hear from you. Submit your question about money and work and life, guests at somoneypodcast.com. Click on Ask Farnoosh. There's a really good chance that I will answer it on the Friday episode. You can also tweet me at Farnoosh and use the hashtag SoMoney. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Hope your day is so money. So money.